Well, let's take our Bibles this evening. Let's go to James, all right? James chapter 3 tonight is where we will be. And as you're finding your place there in James chapter 3, many of you know by now, of course, that we're in the book of James on Wednesday evenings and trying to go through this book of the Bible chapter by chapter and section by section, verse by verse. And as we come back to this book again tonight, keep in mind, that's a good healthy reminder that James, keep in mind James is writing to Jewish believers, and these believers have been largely scattered abroad from their home in Jerusalem. But they've been scattered because of the persecution that is taking place against them from the religious as well as political leaders of the day. And it would seem this to be the first big wave of persecution that's going against the early church. So keep in mind as James is writing, he is writing to an audience of people who are hurting, uh, people who are struggling, suffering, who are confused, just need some, some help. And so Pastor James sits down and does just that. He tries to help them through this struggle, help them through their confusion. And he writes to them to encourage them and instruct them through this difficult time of their life. So keep all that in mind, all right? And as we come to chapter 3, uh, you'll probably know exactly where we're going with the, the, at least the general direction of the message this evening. As Pastor James sits down and almost gives an entire chapter to this one little subject of our human body, and that is the tongue. Now, why in the world would you think that Pastor James needs to sit down and write regarding the tongue, especially as people are going through great difficulty and great persecution, suffering at the hands of people who... Well, we'll just call them what they are. They hate God and hate God's church, and they're suffering so. Why would James need to sit down and talk about what they say? <laughs> because when you go through tough times, do you always talk so sweetly? I'll answer it for you. Uh-uh, no, you don't, okay? No, you're not, and no, I'm not. Because when we're going through difficulties and hot waters, many times we want to lash out. And let people have a piece of our mind, right? It's okay. I'm not, you can still be a Christian and say yes to that, okay? Yeah, we do because we're still living as flesh. We want to lash out. So Pastor James sits down and he writes about our tongue. Because listen, it doesn't matter how young we are or how old we get. This will always be a struggle. Our tongue our words, our speech. And here God gives an entire chapter on the matter of the tongue. And if the Lord is making much of an emphasis on a seemingly little member of our human body, then it would do us well to take heed to what he has to say. Because I'm going to tell you something early on. I'll remind you about this throughout the, the, the rest of the message. What you say and what I say matters. All right? Words do matter. They matter to God. They, matter to, they should matter to us as well. Now, let me ask you, how many of you have ever gotten into trouble because of something you said? Now, I want you to be honest. Raise your hand. You've gotten in trouble because of something you said. I see husbands pointing at wives, wives pointing at husbands. Okay, very good. I, I, I do offer counseling sessions. I'm 100 bucks an hour. All right? No, just kidding. Just kidding. But, uh, but we have. 
We have. We, we've all said something that we wish we could take back. We've all said something that's gotten us into trouble. I'm sure you've heard this phrase, especially growing up. Uh, if, if you were like me, you've heard this phrase. I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap if you say that again. Anybody ever heard that said to you? you know, absolutely. I also heard the story of the little boy who cried wolf. Who knows that story? I heard that story so many times I thought it was in the Bible. <laughs> I did. But book of Hezekiah or something. Or, you know, in this case, you know, it's not a book of Hezekiah. Okay, anyway. But anyway, so I, thought, I heard it so much I thought it was in, in the Bible. Why? Well, didn't always talk like I should. I still find myself struggling from time to time. Many of us struggle with our tongue. I heard a story of a group of men who were in a support group. And as they were meeting on one, one evening, they were confessing their weaknesses. And the first man spoke up and he said, you know, my greatest struggle is, well, it's, it's stealing. I love to steal. I get a thrill from taking things. I'm a thief. I'm just letting y'all know. He was saying I'm a thief and, well, I need help. But don't tell nobody. That's why I'm here. I'm here to get, get some help. And the second man spoke up and said his struggle was with alcohol. He was a closet drinker. Well, he became, became ashamed of it. He was trying to hide it from his friends and family. But that's why he was in that group because, well, he wanted some help. and said, so I'm here, boys. Just don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody about it. Then a third guy spoke up and he said, you know, my greatest struggle is with lust. I've been unfaithful to my, my wife. I've been unfaithful to, to others and I'm here for help. Please don't, don't tell nobody. I, I'm trying to work this out and I need help. And the fourth man spoke up and he said, well, I've never stolen anything and uh, I don't drink and I've always been faithful to my family. I've always been faithful to my, my wife. And the other guy's looking at me and all puzzled like and wondering, well, if you're so perfect, then why are you here needing help in this men's connect group? And, he said, they, and the man spoke up and said, oh, I still have struggles. But my struggle is with gossip. And I can't wait to leave this meeting and tell everybody about y'all. <laughs> so listen, we have troubles from time to time, to time with our tongue. It can be a struggle. And listen, our tongue can get us in trouble. And it can do great damage. So let's look at James chapter 3 this evening. And we'll read down through verse number 12, all right? We'll stick to a few verses, but we'll read down through verse 12 for tonight. And so I want you to look at it with me. James chapter number 3 and starting in verse number 1, all right? The Bible says this, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, and if they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which they, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hymn, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold. How great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our, among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea 
is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Do the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? And can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either of vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Our fathers, we look to this this evening, consider this subject of the tongue. I pray you to help us, help us to see what great damage it can cause. And help us, Lord, I pray, by your grace by your strength, by the Holy Spirit of God, and by the Word of God, help us to truly control our tongues. We love you. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the first thing I'd like for us to see quickly this evening is this, as we consider the matter of the tongue, is number one, consider how it destroys. It destroys. Look at verse number five again. James says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts the great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. Here, the Bible, and Pastor James, the Bible here is comparing the destructive force of our tongue with the destructive force of a wildfire. Has anybody ever seen a wildfire? Literal wildfire? Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've not been around it much. I do remember driving down to Florida on vacation one year with my family, and uh, we were stopped on the interstate because of a wildfire that had actually skipped across. I don't know how that happens, but skipped across the interstate, and both sides of the interstate was on fire. It's pretty wild to see, hence the word wildfire. But anyway, it's pretty wild to see. Uh, but listen, just with a tiny spark, whole countrysides can be engulfed in flames and burnt to the ground. Uh, it was even said that the wildfires from last year burned over 9 million acres of land in the U.S. alone. And one acre is roughly almost the size of one football field. But all that devastation and destruction happened. Why? Well, there was one spark somewhere. Understand the words that you and I speak to someone can cause great harm and they can cause great destruction. They may seem harmless, they may seem playful, they may seem little, but it can be perceived as harmful and hurtful and cause great devastation in a life of an individual. Understand words can be destructive and that destruction can snowball out of control. Let me give you an example. Have you ever studied in history World War II? Anybody? Of course you have. hope you have. It is said that the Third Reich lasted 12 years and 4 months. It caused a holocaust of destruction on this planet more violent and earth-shaking than anything this world's ever experienced before. And during the days of their power, the Germans instituted a reign of terror that outdid all the former predecessors of the past. And by the end of September 1944, the Germans had seven and a half million people to do their will. Most of those people have been dragged from their homes, 
and transported to Germany and bought cars from all over occupied Europe. They were put to work in the factories, in the mines, and in the fields. They were beaten, starved, and deprived of proper clothing and even shelter. Families were savagely broken apart. Children were beaten, brutalized, and put to work or even killed. The Jews were looked upon as subhuman who were unfit to live and they were exterminated by the millions. Prisoners of war during this war died in captivity in vast numbers. It is said at Auschwitz alone, at the peak of operation, 6,000 Jews were gassed every day. Horrific medical experiments were brutally conducted with great cruelty, and this was a simple, normal routine at this time. And the whole world became engulfed in the carnage. It is said that over 35 million human lives were lost during this horrific time in human history. But how in the world could something like this Begin. How could it get so out of control? Well, it's all started, all kindled by one man's tongue. History tells us that Adolf Hitler was a master orator, a master at stirring his audience into a frenzy with just his mere rhetoric and words. And he can mobilize men by the millions with just his speech. Words are powerful. I'm reminded of a man when I was at Calvary Baptist, a member who was there for a long time, Klaus Grunau. And he was a very interesting fellow, brilliant mind. But he was from Germany, him and Irma. And they were great people and great people, great, great Christians. But he fought during World War II, but not as an ally. He fought with Nazi Germany as part of the Germany, Hitler's youth. Now, before you get a little too cross on that, understand he had to. He had no choice. And by the way, many of them didn't have a choice. You either fight for Hitler or you starve to death and die. What's going to be your pick, right? And so that's what he did. He had to fight. He had to go to war. But he told me of a lot of the atrocities that happened that he was even around and seen with his own eyes. But I'm thankful that God got him through those, through those things and God saved him. And, of course, he got to America as fast as he could. He's in heaven now. But it's quite amazing to listen to that individual and the things that he went through and saw, all because of one man and his words. It's quite amazing. And when this thought of the devastation of World War II, when it comes to mind, this verse comes to mind as well. In Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So James is right. When he calls the tongue a fire, because with just mere words, we can do greater damage than we realize. I'm telling you, our tongue can cause great destruction. So let me ask you this evening, how have you been speaking lately? At home, at work, Speaking to your spouse, speaking to your children. What words have come out of your mouth lately? Have they been helpful? Have they been hurtful? Because understand, it's with the same tongue. We can build a person up or we can tear them down. Listen, there have been many Bible heroes down through the years who have gotten themselves in trouble with their tongue and it cost them greatly. 
My mind thinks of Moses in Psalm 106. The psalmist talks about that in Psalm 106, verse 32 and 33. It says this, they angered him, him meaning Moses. They angered him also at the waters of strife so that it, that it went ill with Moses for their sakes because they provoked his spirit that he, it's Moses, spake unadvisedly with his lips. If you remember there when they were asking for water, murmuring or again, not really asking but rather demanding. And he says, okay, you rebels, let me fetch you water out of this rock. And instead of speaking to it, as God told him to do, he smites it, hits it with his, with his staff two times. But he did so out of anger. And he spake unadvisedly with his words. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, Isaiah says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. It would seem as he confessed his sin here that he struggled with his speech. Again, Peter and disciples in Matthew 26, verse 33, the Bible says, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Here's what the Bible says. Listen, what just Peter that night that said that. Likewise also said all the disciples. But we know what happened. We know that all the disciples forsook the Lord and fled. We know that Peter denied the Lord three times publicly when he could have stand up publicly and proclaim that Jesus is the Lamb of God, just as John the Baptist did, that taketh away the sins of the world. But what did he do in the end of his denial? He cursed and swore. Listen, church, take heed to this verse when it says in Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know, I think of verses like this in Ephesians 4, 29. I'm curious as to where the corrupt communication, that uh, bad language, that evil speaking, where was it birthed? Where did it come from? Well, I think James alludes to the fact of its origin when he says in verse number 6, look at James 3 and verse number 6, look at it with me. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of, what's that last word in that verse? Hell. It would seem that the origin of the filthy language of evil speaking, it would seem that it comes from or set on fire of, of hell. James lets it know that the evil speaking has its beginning from the depths of hell. And that's quite serious when you think about it. That the things that we say cross or, or worse come from the pits of hell. It's quite serious. But James is saying, listen, you need to be careful of what you say. And even how you say it, we need to take heed to our tongues. Why? Well, number one, it causes great destruction. That's why. And number two, here's another reason it defiles. Look at verse number six. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. 
Again, the Bible says here about our tongue that defiles the whole body. The word for defile here refers to a spot or stain. You know, I don't, I try to have some extra clothes in the car when we do different, different things around the church, you know, uh, uh, construction-wise or maintenance-wise, whatever. But sometimes I don't. And I wear what I have on sometimes around here. And when I go to fix something, I get a stain or two on my shirt. And uh, sometimes they don't come out. And so I was looking for a decent shirt in my closet the other day and found about six shirts that have stains all over, all over them. And they're now, I call them play clothes. They're now play clothes, all right? But I can't get those stains out of my, of my shirt at all. So therefore, it's ruined the whole shirt for me, at least to wear to church, you know. But, uh, but that's what happens with stains. They can ruin things. And as you know, that a little mishap with our tongues can stain our lives forever. Uh, even a little whisper. If with a little whisper, a little gossip in our lives, listen, we could be labeled for the rest of your life as a gossip and you'll lose the trust of others. And listen, trust is hard to be regained. I heard this illustration of a story of a gossiping woman who gossiped about another individual in her, in her church. And she did so to the extent that the second lady that she was gossiping about, that she was almost destroyed. And the first woman later discovered that the thing she had said about her, the other lady was not true. And so she went to her wise pastor to ask him what she must do to make things right. And the pastor told her, well, here's what you need to do. Tomorrow, I need you to take a, a, a pillow of, of feathers and take all those feathers and scatter them around the city, all up and down the streets, and, and every, other, every other street you come to, just scatter out the feathers, all right? Then come back the next day and come see me. We'll talk more about it. She thought it was quite odd and strange, but she did it anyway. Next day, she came and talked to the pastor. She said, okay, pastor, I, I did what you told me to do. Now what do you want me to do? And he said, oh, okay, well, go back down the same streets and find every single last feather that you scattered throughout the city and put them back in that pillowcase. And she said, well, pastor, that's, that's absolutely impossible. I can't get all those feathers back into that pillowcase. How am I supposed to do that? It's impossible. He said, well, listen, you can't take back all those words that you slandered and gossiped about the other lady either. You know, sometimes it seems when it comes to gossip, individuals may struggle with that. It can destroy the individual whom they're speaking of, but at the same time, it can defile the person who's doing the speaking themselves. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 27, An ungodly man diggeth up strife, and in his lips are as a burning fire. A forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Proverbs 17, 9, He that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Proverbs 18, 8, The words of a talebearer, talebearer is a, someone who gossips, someone who's a slanderer. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. Now go down to the innermost parts of the belly. Proverbs 26, and verse 18 through 25, As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. And so, where there is no tell-bearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. 
The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down to the innermost parts of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth disassembleth with his lips, and layeth up deceit with him. When he speaketh fair, believe him not, for there is seven abominations in his heart. Listen, if we're not careful with our speech, with our tongues, it can do this. It can absolutely destroy somebody else, but it'll defile you too. Please be careful with your tongue. You know, James, he's not afraid to pull any punches. You know what? Oh, he comforts, no doubt, throughout this, throughout this book, but he also, man, he just takes his big right foot and stomps all over our toes. But why would you do that during times like persecution and struggle? Because during those times of difficulty, Corrupt communication can proceed out of our mouths quite quickly. But we must be reminded if we allow that to happen, the only thing it's going to accomplish is destruction and defilement. So when it comes to the matter of the tongue, be careful. Because it can destroy it. And it can, can cause defilement. But thirdly, I want you to know this. I believe it can be dominated, meaning... I think you can't control it. But only, only with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, and with the Word of God. Look at verse number 2. James 3, verse number 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now we understand as we read our Bibles, there's only one man who was ever perfect that walked this earth, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I believe that even James could be referring back to his childhood days here. Because remember, James was the half-brother of Jesus, right? And so for many years, James lived in the same house with Jesus of Nazareth. No doubt they attended the same school and same synagogue. They had no doubt worked beside each other at the same carpenter's bench. And no doubt for three and a half years, even James at least heard about the teaching and encouraging and debating and rebuking and the preaching and everything else, the warnings, whatever came out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus, he heard it all. He knew Jesus pretty well, I would think. And looking upon those days and looking back to those years, no doubt James never heard a cross word. He never heard Jesus ever tell a lie. He never heard him talk back or lash out. How would you like to have a sibling who never talked back to your mama? But you're the sibling that did anyway, okay? But he never heard that. He never heard him say anything suggestive, vulgar, or perverse. He never heard him speak in a fit of rage or say anything that would cause or call for an apology. Because everything that Jesus would have done and said would have been with grace and truth. John 1 and verse 14. Why? Because he was full of grace and truth. And Jesus is the perfect example of the right kind of speech that every single believer should demonstrate. And I believe with the help of the Lord and the aid of His Word, we can manage our tongues. You can't do it on your own. No way. 
But with the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe we can control what we say. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 141 verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may, be, uh, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Please be careful what you say. Be careful with your tongue. Please be careful. Why? Because James puts it plain, and he says it to a bunch of hurting people. It can cause great destruction. You can defile yourself because the words that come out of your mouth, please be careful. So let me ask you again. How have you spoken lately? Has it been with grace and truth, seasoned with salt or filthy, perverse, corrupt communication? What is it? How have you spoken Lately, because listen, words matter to God and they should matter to us. And we'll leave you this verse this evening as we think about the words that come out of our mouths. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof on the day of judgment. So let us use our mouths to minister grace unto the hearers around us to lift up others around us and to encourage others around us because Proverbs 25 11 still says a word fitly spoken it's like pictures it's like apples of gold and pictures of silver so again how have you spoken lately because it does matter it matters to God it should matter